Hey guys, Mike here. Hey, I just want to let y'all know on this podcast, I'm going to go over um, the story of the big, uh, the big eye guard 10 that I killed uh, with my bow here in Pennsylvania. And uh, also want to go over uh, some hunting season updates, uh, what the guys at Mountain and Marsh have been doing and how things have been going. Um, if you're listening to this, when it first came comes out, I am in Virginia at deer camp. So um, yeah, hopefully we're killing some more down there. Um, Shout out to Triptych Multi-Tool. Uh, look, if you guys like to dispatch your birds humanely, if you're going to get them mounted, you're not going to use this because you're not going to use any dispatch tool, okay? But listen to me. If you want to dispatch birds quick, if you like to hunt upland birds, um, this is a great tool to keep on any lanyard at any time. Um, I use mine all hunting season. Obviously, I'm not mounting every bird that I shoot. Um, so we use ours all the time. And uh, we love them. It's an easy way to dispatch them real quick. Toss them on the pile. Um, also, Swamp Stick, everybody knows. Um, Swamp Stick is one of those products that I really love. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep utilizing all the time. I, I, love the, I love the thing. I love putting my mojo out on them. And, you know, in four or five feet of water, I'll, I'll get some extension and put the mojos out or um, use them to hang up my gun or my bags or my gear when I'm hidden in the woods or along the bank. So just want to let everybody know, um, those two, those are two sponsors of the podcast and, uh, great products. Um, hope you guys enjoy the podcast. Hey everybody, uh, Mike here on this podcast. Um, this podcast, I'm going to roll solo. I want to go over the, the the whole entire story um, of the the deer that I recently killed uh, with my bow in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, here on our home property. Um, the the buck that I killed. Um, was slightly a surprise. Um, but I'm going to get into that here in a minute. Uh, first I want to kind of give everybody, uh, an overview of how the season's gone. Um, for everybody we've had, we had a real odd beginning of the rut on our property, uh, that we lease in Maryland. And, um, that's mainly because we had standing corn this year and we have a ton of bedding already on our, on that lease on the property that we hunt. So the problem is when we pinpoint bedding to hunt, bedding to food transitions and, and such, um, 
when there's beans up and they get cut early, it makes hunting easier for us because we're pinpointing deer movement. Deer are working beans. They can't, they can hide in the beans, but, uh, not great. And, um, that those beans get cut off early. And so deer then transition in October to the Oak, the two Oak flats on that property. And we really know how to, how to work those Oak flats and the bed to Oak flat transitions and things like that in daylight, uh, daylight hours. And whatever you're standing corn, the standing corn connects all of the bedding. And, and then what it does is, you know, the thick hedgerows and the, the big cedar thicket that we have two big cedar thickets. One's very big. We have a big, uh, cedar area around a pond, a pond. Um, just like just these areas that already hold a bunch of deer and they're really, really dense, hard to hunt. Um, so it makes it hard. It, it really does. The deer move spur- very sporadically when that, when the, the corn is up. They move very sporadically. They can move to and fro without ever being seen. So this year was, it was one of those years, every other year it's like this, where it was a little bit rough, um, in Maryland. But, um, I, I like Dylan killed a seven point in early muzzleloader. We got that cold snap and Dylan's brother killed an eight point last week. But, you know, we, it hasn't been crazy busy for us as a group. And so, um, this year is uh, a lot of people locally here know um, I work for myself now. I started working for myself at the, I think the end of August or the beginning of August. I can't remember. I think the end of August. So the end of August, I started working for myself. Um, and that was cool because it, it allotted me more time to, it allotted me to the ability to balance my time frame. Um here on our, we only have four acres here uh, that we own in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. And what happens here is every year um, during the the rut, it normally is. It ironically, uh, I killed this buck November sixth, the Big Ten with the eye guard. I killed him November sixth. Normally, between about November third or fourth to November seventh is the hottest time frame here. And I don't I don't exactly know why, but I'm talking since 2017 we've killed we've harvested or seen big mature white tails here. Um since we moved here in 2017 between that time frame. The trail cameras don't lie. Um and and visually looking out the back window it doesn't lie. Um it, it normally is uh, rough hunting here because the deer will show up. And if November, say November 4th is a Tuesday, I was at work. You know, um, I take off uh, the entire week, Thanksgiving week, and go to Virginia every year. And so it's hard to balance my time off and late duck season my time off while also uh, working some early rut days. Um, in early November rut days, late October. And so this year working for myself, it just so happened that, um, the morning of November 5th, we had been seeing some, some flighty movement of some larger deer, uh, out of, you know, from the house or 
what or across the street on the battlefield property. And uh, it just so happened that November 5th, we were going to a Ravens game in Baltimore. Um, not something we normally do, and uh, especially not in the rut. But we this year decided to go, um, the wife and I and, and some family members and friends, we, we went down, saw a Ravens game. Well, that morning, we had to leave the house here in Gaysburg at 9 to drop our kids off at my parents' house. At 8.30, I was sitting on the couch watching a a big, I, do, I did not know what they looked like, but two large whitetails bumping a doe, a, the larger of the two, I swore had bullhorn, like the way his rack curled up and on tall, I swore wide. I was like, man, this thing is a beast. Well, so and ends up the second deer we see is the satellite buck in this situation. And, um, I know that he's a, I'm thinking in my head, he's a big eight and he's kind of trailing behind him a little bit. So we go to the Ravens game, whatever. I'm freaking out because I'm not out in the woods. Fast forward to Monday, Monday morning. This is all going to tie together. I'm going to tell you guys something pretty cool here too. Uh, so Monday morning, Monday morning, I wake up. We got some big raccoons here. I was a little confused, but we got some big raccoons here. So Monday morning, I wake up. We had, my wife had set two bags of trash just right outside the door right before we went to bed. And uh, I blanked. I forgot to move them over to my my trailer, uh, my trash trailer. And so I, I'm like, man, uh, walk out the door about t- 10, 12 feet from where my wife had set them. There's one single bag completely ripped open in the middle of our driveway. And I had woken up, a, I, I was at the kitchen door about 20 minutes before it was breaking daylight. And the reason was where I was walking in, uh, I shot this deer 50 yards from, from the corner of my house, uh, maybe about 40. Where I was walking into the woods, I was going to walk very minimal straight to a spot and sit on the ground. There, there was going to be hardly any sound at all, any scent trail. The wind was blowing directly at my house. It was perfect. Like this is exactly how it had to be set up. So I could wake up a little bit later that morning. So uh, anyway, walk out the door. Here's this trash. There's one bag strewn all, all over the driveway. And I'm like, what the hell? Like how the shit did these raccoons like get the bag over there before it busted? Normally they'll chew a hole in the bottom of the bag. I'm like, what the fuck? So I, I walk out trash is there. I'm like, well, shit, I got to take care of this. Uh, Deidre, Deidre, my wife, she, she babysits here at the house. So I can't have people showing up, um, you know, with trash all over the driveway. So I clean all the trash out of the driveway. I get it into a new bag and I put it in my trailer and I'm thinking, I'm like, I swore there were two bags, but whatever. We'll talk about that later. So I get out in the woods, um, at about, it it was it was before daylight, but like just it was just starting to break when I got in where I wanted to sit at. And the reason I sat here is because this is a trail that the larger whitetails in the rut they will they will come right they will push across the road. I was hunting about twenty five yards from the road, facing into our property, and when. When I went in to sit, 
I walked in straight from the house and sat down right next to one of these main trails that come across uh, the road, you know, blacksmith shop roads where I live. They, these deer will come right across the road there. Well, sure enough, um, at like seven fifteen, a crab claw seven comes in a deer that in Maryland, I would have, because I have multiple tags, a deer that was just a, a dumb looking deer that I really would have, I would have wanted to take out. He was a, he's a three-year-old, but I, I don't want to, I don't want to shoot him. Um, he was five yards from me or less. Like he, he actually did spot me. I wasn't moving, but he looked at me for long enough that he realized something was wrong. And, uh, he had crossed my path where I'd walked in. He came in on the opposite side of me, the side I didn't think anything was going to come in. And, but anyway, so he comes through and I'm like, man, this is cool. Like immediately off the ground, I have a deer. I have a deer so close. I could, I could hear him breathing when he stopped to look at me, um, which is, which is sweet. So this deer, he kind of bounds off a little bit. He looks back toward me and he can't figure, he doesn't blow, but he can't figure out what's going on. He, uh, he trots off. I realized that my, on, on that side, I'm pretty open. So I dive in a little bit deeper and I get into a mangled up tree. There's this tree with three shoots that hang off of it that are kind of busted up. And then there's another tree that grows right in front of it. And it makes these little gaps for uh, about one foot to two foot wide gaps for shooting a bow through. And so what I did was that one of those three shoots, they're all still rooted, but one has fell over. And the one that has fell over is the closest to the road, which is where I'm expecting the deer to come from. This thing's still alive. So it has a bunch of shoots that actually come up off of it. It's about a 20 to 24 inch round log. And there's all these little branches that with leaves on it that stick up. And that'll, that gives me coverage. The log itself is sitting about 12 inches off the ground. And that's it. You know, it's a 20 to 24 inch tree. So I could sit, I could sit on my ass with my bow leaned up against that log in front of me. And so I'm sitting there. Um, I've already seen the crab claw. It's about 7.30. I transitioned to there. At about 7.45, a doe and two, two yearlings, one's a button buck, are within five yards of me, four yards of me. They're feeding right beside me. And uh, I, I tuck my head down and I'm almost laying, I'm almost in like a fetal position. Like I'm, my head is all the way down forward. I'm sitting on the side of my ass and my knees curled up and I'm laid over against the log. And every once in a while, I'm just kind of easing as slow as I can. I'm easing my head up, look over. There's the, there's the two young, the big does about 10 yards from me feeding and they're like four to five yards from me. They're right here eating on some, uh, just some natural brows. They're just rolling around, lo- looking around for stuff. And so I'm looking. I'm like, all right, here's here's these deer. They must have been bedded uh, not across the road. They must have been bedded down in the woods, which they have been. Those, those three have been in there a good bit. So they end up going across the street. At a at about eight o'clock, one of uh, one of the people that my wife babysits for is some very good friends of ours. And so, uh, Taylor, 
uh, she drives in the driveway and um, I hear the Cummins go by and down the driveway, which the driveway itself is about 40, 50 yards behind me. I hear her go down through the, uh, through the driveway, maybe about 40. She goes through the driveway, she goes down and then I hear her back up and then she comes out and my phone is laying straight below me between me and my bow. My phone's laying there with the face up and I get a Snapchat from her. I can hear her sitting at the end of the driveway. I click on it and I open it at eight o'clock, like eight. It, it may have been a tad later, like eight or five, eight, 10. I get, I look down to Snapchat. I click on it. There's a picture of a couple does there and it's probably, I'm almost certain it's the doe and two young ones that were just right here with me. And so she's like, Hey, there's some does here. You know, it might attract the buck. And, uh, so she pulls out and leaves right after she leaves. I see the Snapchat. I set my phone back down. And like two minutes later, I hear hooves on the road galloping across the road directly to my left i'm still down beside that log my bow's in front of me i i lean down as far as i can i look under the log and a set of legs go past me and when the set of legs go past me it ends up being the doe it goes past me another set of legs come in and stop and when they stopped, I could tell it was a large deer. And I, I, I never, I never whipped up and looked. I never, all I did was from the position I was in, I turned my neck as far as I could and looked at like a 45 degree up past the trunk of the, of the log. And when I did the deer, I harvested's rack looked at me like he turned to the right and looked at the top of my head. All I could see was about halfway up his rack. I saw him look at me and I, I dead stopped. I just went, came to a dead stop. And I'm thinking I might even, I might've even like whispered it out loud. I, I can't remember, but I was like, shit. Like I knew, like, I was like, man, I, this is a shooter. And like, I, I might be caught. And, um, he turned his head back around. I can hear deer behind me and it, i'm i almost guarantee it was the two young they were back behind me in the in the cedars like right behind me like five yards to 10 yards like they were right behind me i when he turned his head forward he he made a couple steps and when he did he got to about three to four yards from me but as he was walking i slid my hand into my wrist strap grabbed my bow and i clipped my release so I'm, I'm pretty much ready to draw back at this point out of the corner of my eye. I'm not moving at the corner of my eye. Now, now he can look at me to where he walked to. He can now look at me. He looks back, to, he looks back toward me, but looks past me because I glance up. I have a face mask over my, my eye or my nose. Only things out, out is my eyes. And I look, I'm looking at him, but kind of side eyeing, looking at him. And as I'm doing it, he turns his head and I look at his eyes and he's looking past me because he still can't tell what I am. He doesn't know what's going on. I think he's a little discombobulated. The doe's out in front of him. These other deer are off to his right. He can't figure out what's going on. So what he does now is, is what 
allowed me to harvest this deer, to kill this deer. He takes four or five steps, like maybe three or four. He kind of just one, two, and there's a V split in, in this, this, this tree that has three shoots, the two that aren't laying on the ground kind of make a V. And then there's a little walnut tree right in front of that V. So there's a little opening walnut tree over to one of those those logs that make a V. When he gets done stepping, he's per, he's five yards, slightly quartering away. You couldn't have written this in a in a storybook better. He turns. So as he's walking past the tree, I get up on my knees. And I draw back and I hear the two deer behind me start to scurry off, like down past me. I come to full draw and anchor and I keep my pin low. He stops. I never even had to make a peep. He stops at five yards, perfectly in the opening, slightly, just slightly quartering away. I pulled my pin up and I put it in the pocket, squeezed off. And I watched his skin move. When I saw the arrow hit him, it hit him so fast. It was it was hard to exactly see what had happened, but the arrow hit him so fast that I watched the skin reverberate back and forth. And uh I knew I knew I hit him. Um and I didn't know I didn't know I'd hit heart, but I had. I, I'd hit heart, and then he was on a slight upward angle from me. It was top side of the top of the heart, and then lung lung and then blew out the other side uh, through the back of his um, opposite side shoulder. And um, I was shooting the the G5 Montech, um, the the G5, I can, no, I can't, oh, Montech M3s. Um, they, are, they are the full, the full machined broadhead. Um, they're only 100 grain, but a full machine broadhead. Uh, blew all the way through him. And, um, he, he trotted off. Um, it was a little concerning at first. Cause I'm like, what the hell? I didn't realize I had hit hard. I, I actually thought where I, my, where the skin was moving. I thought I had went right over the heart and hit long, double lung. Um, but i had hit the top of the heart and he trotted off. And then I like from that kneeling position, I could see his rack look back at me and I tried to lean up and see him. And then he ducked down and I heard crashing about like two seconds later, I heard, I heard crashing. And so I'm like, all right, like that's a good sign, you know, a great sign. And, uh, ended up, I gave him an hour, went back to the house, hung out with, with her and the kids. And, um, we went back out, uh, on Monday, November 6th, we went back out and, uh, he, he was right from the last place I seen him. He was only like 10, 15 yards away, uh, right wrapped right around a tree and uh balled up there dead and um a really crazy experience uh a deer that he's got it's actually some people would say it's a a, a secondary main beam on his right hand side um it's i call it more like an eye guard it, it isn't out of his brows but it's more like an eye it's it leans out over his right eye it's it's maybe seven or eight inches. It's not, it's not an actual uh, double beam, but, um, beautiful 10 point deer. And, uh, 
I, so in Pennsylvania, we only have one tag. Um, obviously I'm, I'm stoked about this deer. This deer is, uh, this deer is a really, really great deer. He's my personal best deer. I don't know what he scored. We didn't green score him. I actually had a job Monday evening and had to take him to the taxidermist to not only get caped because I didn't have time to cape him. I had to take him to the taxidermist to get him scun in general because it was getting warm that evening and I had to go to a job uh, by myself. So I was in a pickle and I'm, it, it, I'm sad because I didn't, I didn't have time to really like delve into him, you know, and take like really good pictures and shit, but it is what it is. Uh, but my wife took a bunch of good pictures and, but, um, yeah, I, I had to take him to a taxidermist and a, a good friend, Doug Myers, and had to have him, uh, cape him out for me because, uh, I just didn't have time. And so I didn't get to score him, but, uh, I'm guessing one thirties. He's, he's a, be- he's a beautiful deer. He's my best deer. Um, and to, to do that, to, to hit my personal best and do it with a bow off the ground at five yards on a deer on a location that was premeditated on a deer that I had seen the day before. And I knew where these deer were crossing and for it all to come together the way it did, uh, is, is just amazing. Um, you know, looking back now, I mean, it it could be years until I kill a, an archery deer like this. I hope it's not. Um, I, you know, everybody knows, anybody knows me knows I love archery hunting as much as I love duck hunting as much as I love, you know, turkey hunting as much. And so it's all, I, I just love hunting guys. I love being in the outdoors if you didn't know. Uh, and so, th- but this is really cool. Um, bow hunting in general is just, you know, and I'm not talking crossbow, you know, if you hunt with a crossbow, good for you, buddy, but it's not for me. Um, I enjoy the challenge of bow hunting. Um, I know, a con- obviously, but to shoot a recurve dick. Yeah, I, I get it. Look, I get it. But compound hunting in, in itself is is no easy feat. There are guys that year in and year out that you take the guys like uh, – like Joey Eiler and, and Kyle Lawrence here locally, uh, guys who hunt with, you know, film for Midwest whitetails and, uh, and the content they do. Like there are people who spend more time than me uh, in the woods, t- spend more time scouting, frankly, just because they have more time to. And because I'm a waterfowl hunter and because I own my own business and things, you know, it's harder for me nowadays to really delve into whitetails like I used to. And, uh, and so it, it is a big deal for me to kill a deer of this caliber with my bow at my home on my own property, premeditated. Like it's a huge deal. Like this, this is, this is a big deal for me. And, um, I appreciate everybody who's reached out and and things like that because it really does mean a lot uh, because this is such a big deal for me. Um, also, I'd like to uh, I guess touch a little bit on um, what I was talking about earlier with the trash strewn around. So I told everybody earlier that I swore there was a bigger deer. Uh, I swore there was a bullhorned buck. Um, I'm not going to post pictures of this deer 
for the fact that there are people who hunt locally to me. And this is a very, very, this is, I think this deer is a year older than the deer I killed. Uh, if not two, I think he's one year or older than the deer I killed than the 10 point. And, um, he's a nine point, but only because he has a split brow. This buck is a giant eight point. And so this all ties together. I have him on camera. Now I had out a camera before I killed my buck two days before I killed my buck. Um, so I have pictures of my deer on the hoof. I have pictures of a big eight point who's built kind of like a crab claw, but, um, but huge G twos. Like he's, he's a beautiful deer. He's a beautiful, maybe 18 to 19 inch inside spread, beautiful four year old deer. I'm almost certain he's four. Um, but there is an eight point in there on Sunday morning. I said there was a bull, a, a Taurus horned buck. Very tall, wide, big buck with curled front tips on his main beams. I, I swore it when I saw him out the back window. Um, and I thought, and the buck, this is how I know the buck I shot was the satellite buck. He was running the does the morning that I shot him, but he was the satellite buck Sunday morning. Also, the this bigger buck is back on camera. So I know that he's still in the area, but he has a broken, his bigger side is broken off now. Uh, about midweek last week, he broke it off. About two days after I killed the other buck, he was broken off. Uh, so I know it wasn't my buck that broke him off either. I know that another buck did it, but he is a, unless a car hit him maybe, but he is he is a maybe 20, he's, he's 20 plus inches inside spread. Not his G twos and G threes are enormous. And then his main beams curl up a good eight inches on both sides. Um, he's just a tanker. This deer body is huge. He is a tank of a whitetail, uh, Roman nose, neck to brisket, nothing. I mean, my deer had that too, but, uh, neck to brisket. No, there, there was no transition area. <laughs> like he is a fucking beast and he's still around, but one side's broken off. I'm really, I'm praying that this guy makes it Pennsylvania. I only have one tag. So I'm praying that this guy make it, makes it, uh, or, or our neighbor here. Um, he harvests them. Uh, we're, we're good friends. I'd really, I don't think he'd harvest him this year because he only has one side now, but um, there's another one or two real nice. We have a three-year-old buck here as well that is immaculate. Like, he's going to be a fucking tank too. He's already thick. He's built exactly like a three-year-old. I know he's three. He's He looks young. His eyes and his fucking face look young. He's built young. But his antlers are already a little. He's he has mass already. He's he's tall already. He has ten points already. He's got some gnarl to his bases already. He's gonna be a bruiser, dude. If he makes it to next year, and I am fingers crossed. Those two bucks, actually, all three of the bucks, the big bucks I had on camera here this past week, praying they make it. Um, 
uh, I had a had a big turkey on camera the other day. But here, here's the kicker. Here's here's a fuck. This is the funny thing. So when I walked back in from shooting my butt, obviously I'm shaking like a leaf. Uh, walked back in. Uh, I hadn't found him yet because I was letting him go. I found a little bit of blood. I knew I knew there was going to be blood. I, I found the blood. All right, we're good. Five yards from where I was sitting, backed out. When I backed out there, I saw a white trash bag about 40, 50 yards from where it was originally in the woods. Like my dad's big center console is parked here at my house. It was behind that in the woods. And I'm like, what the fuck? Walk back there. Sure enough, ripped open. I go out with a, a contractor bag, clean it up. I'm like, these raccoons really pulled this fucking bag all the way over here. No, no, no. I went, I checked the trail cam. No, we don't have a raccoon issue. We got about a 200, 225 pound male fucking bear, black bear issue here in the middle of Gettysburg. Not the middle, but right outside of Gettysburg here in, in South Gettysburg. Um, we got a black bear that I don't know where he lives normally. We have a quarry behind our house. I'm guessing he's living there. Um, but this guy showed up and did the same thing to our trash bags, except for they were in a can this time. He flipped the concrete lids off of our septic system in our backyard. Um, he broke my wife's flag holder out front of the house, flipped over my hose reel and dug up a bee's nest underneath the, the hose reel. Behind my neighbor's chicken coop, dug up a bee's nest and all the honeycomb was sitting on top of the ground. He's a menace. The fucker is a menace. That's the reason I went and checked the trail cam. The second time it all happened, I was like, something's going on, but I got to figure out what it is. Went and checked the trail cam. Sure enough, the trail cam is about 25 yards off the corner, the back corner of my backyard. Sure enough, there's a big old bear that's here. Um, and he's hanging out. So hopefully he stops terrorizing our fucking house. That would be sweet. Um, hopefully he doesn't start climbing into my work trailers and shit. That would really piss me off. But um, anyway, that's the story of the big buck I shot. Um, hoping the other ones make it. I hope everybody has a good season. Um, hopefully we get some, we kill some some nice deer down here in Virginia this year. Uh, down in the big mountains in the big woods, uh, putting the miles on, carrying the seven mag around. Bought some Norma ammunition this year. If anybody has, uh, if anybody has shot Norma ammunition, please reach out and tell me how it is because I have no clue. Um, switching over to a a higher quality ammunition this year that was in stock at Redding's Hardware here in Gaysburg this year, and um, decided to, to go with it. We're going to try it this year. Um, so. If anybody has shot Norma, reach out. Let me know. Um, anyway, duck season's coming up after deer after rifle season here with the deer. Um, we're gonna hop on and uh, hop into duck hunting, tear up some waterfowl. Hope you guys all have a good deer season. Finish out this rut strong. Push the second phase. Uh, get on some food late season. Shoot some of those big bucks. That need to get out in that ten degree weather and, and get some food in their belly. Um, I really appreciate everybody listening. Thanks, everybody. Catch you all in the next one. Thank you.